apologies for the interruption in between. Uh, the recording got interrupted without me being aware, and then I plugged back in. Right, right, right. Hashtag natural immunity. <laughs> right. No, it does. You have to go through the process sometimes to see how things are. Uh, who said, somebody actually said that, um, yes, Caprice Bound, you truly gain wisdom through experience. And I believe that. You definitely, you do. Uh, sometimes for better or for worse. <laughs> So if somebody, um, you know, we're in the Libra season. So if somebody has like a Libra rising, um, I'm going to say if they're a true Libra, you know, if they got like Libra rising, Libra in the sun, they have like a lot of uh, planets in their Libra. What advice can you give somebody as a Libra like going forward? Maybe, you know, just some general advice that you can give a Libra that's going to watch this or listen to this later on a podcast about, about relationships. If you could, um, just some general advice that you could give uh, some of the Libras out there. Uh, P. Hollywood said that they're a Libra moon and rising. Ooh.
If somebody, uh, as, as we start to wind it down, I'm going to start asking, even though it is Libra season, uh, you know, at the same time that everybody that's going to listen to this or that's watching it is, is a Libra, but I will try to uh, lean towards the Libra. Um, what are some of the, if you're, if you're into somebody, and uh, what are some of the signs that you can look for from an, from, from an, astro, from an astronomy standpoint? Um, like, uh, let's say, you know, I'm a Gemini and I have a Scorpio rising. Is there any particular, uh, is there any particular sign that I would, that, that I should look for that may be a bit more compatible, uh, with, with that? And with that being said, because I don't really want it to be about me, but what can people look for, 
um, when looking for a partner, what 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 are some of I don't want to say right, what are some of the green flags they can look for from an astronomy standpoint? Stop matches sun signs. So that's so that's one of the I don't want to say maybe maybe that isn't what you asked on your first day, but that's something the the your ascendant, your Venus, and you said one more. And your moon. Okay, okay. So there, there you go, family. Ascendant, moon, and Venus. Interesting. You know, I was having a a conversation with a with a friend the other day. Um that's for offline. I'll say that. I'll, I, that's for offline. No, that, that's something I say for offline. But anywho, um, if you could, if there's any, maybe maybe you have one, maybe you don't. Um, is it if there's any celebrity Libra or famous person from history um, that you can think of that you might want to sit down with, maybe have a conversation with? You know, break down, you know what I'm saying, get some food, sip a little bit of the bubble. You know what I'm saying? Spend some time some time. I'm gonna go ahead and say mine. It's gonna be a surprise by the people. Um, if I could, you know, a little fancy area, it would be Naruto. Naruto is a Libra. Naruto is born October tenth for all my anime fans out there. So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh-huh. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I know the very, very, very bitter of that, and that was a that was a powerful answer, my brother. That was a powerful, powerful, powerful answer. That's it. Yo, that's it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, on the flip side of that, as I wind it down, how can, from your perspective, how can women uh, show up better for men? And even though I, I do think that you did answer. You did answer a lot of those questions with with the initial with the initial with the initial answer that you gave, but specifically to the feminine energy. How can women show up better for men? She said that's for men. Ha, ha, ha. 
manifestation manifestation powers. Peace, love, and light family. What's going on? It's Richie Moon. It's Friday. You know what that means. And tonight, my special guest, the first ever three-time, three-time, three-time guest, one of the brilliant minds of our time, Akebulon44, the Don. What's going on? Peace, love, and light, my brother. Peace, peace, brother. How you doing, man? Man, I'm feeling well. Uh, yeah. th things are going good, man. I appreciate you for taking the time to tap in with me tonight, man. Um, every time we, every time we get together on a podcast, man, it's, um, the numbers go up crazy. Um, I was just looking at it today when, when me, you and blue did the, the, the clubhouse. That's one of the most listened to Then the, then all the podcasts that, that we do, man, the numbers are always go off the Richter scale. So thank you for that, man. Appreciate that. But um, tonight, family, we're going to actually take a little bit of a different direction. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure the metaphysics will definitely seep into there. But tonight, we're actually going to be talking about um, hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? You see the title, Hip-Hop Stars. You know what I'm saying? And you, we're going to be talking about how um, the recent, I want to say the recent rise back in real hip-hop, how hip-hop has um, definitely found its voice again. And this is just my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Um how, you know, always as above, so below. So how we're going to connect how certain hip-hop artists really embody um, certain stars and really bring about this this potent energy, you know what I'm saying, through their lyrics, through their body of work. So um, I actually want to start this conversation. Let's bring it back to, um, and it's interesting because, you know, this is your third time being on a show. And I remember the first time you were on your show, um... Now, by that time, Nas had already dropped King's Disease. Right, 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 yeah. So now, this summer, Nas has dropped King's Disease Part 2. So I want to actually start from July 6th, when Nas dropped King's Disease Part 2. Um, That was a big album. It was very unexpected. I feel like that's kind of like the trend of hip-hop now, where artists just, yo, five days before, yo, I'm dropping this day. Or sometimes they don't even do that. They straight up like, yo... Album out at midnight, you know what I'm saying? What, were you, what was your thoughts for, uh, first off on uh, on King's Disease two, and um, compared to compared to the first one as well? I mean, to be quite honest with you, I enjoyed the second one. Mm. Uh, you know, Nas took another approach with it. You know, you hit boy. He changed the sound up. You know, because uh, Nas honestly it jumps back and forth between Hope and Nas, like right. you know, back and forth as far as you know my top. Team. Right, right, right. And I don't think Hip Boy produced uh, 
Yeah. King's Disease Part 2 was definitely my favorite one. I feel like once he got... I feel like, you know, King's Disease Part 1 was good, but King's Disease Part 2, he was already in the universe of that album already. So he had more room to to work with, you know what I'm saying? Because he already created a space for himself, you know what I'm saying? And Hit Boy, like, basically did produce every track on King's Disease Part 2, and that just allowed him to just really uh go off. Um, I'm really hoping he does a video for... for for um, Death Row East, I feel like Death Row East is such a. Oh, it had to be, yeah. Because be, even with that song, like you know, it has a very like, uh, you know, the song is obviously unfortunate. You know, it's I miss the pop. You know, with his voice and squashing the beat, but I thought it was interesting with again the beat selection. Like it had a darker tone to it as far as right. the content, but like the, the the beat of it, it had a more like a, uh, I don't know, I, I would I would say like a Sufi type you know, Hawaiian type of energy to it. Right. But very, uh, uh, you know, unpredictable with that type of song. Like yeah. I said, you pay homage to, you know, a rapper that, you know, transition um, usually, uh, you'll hear him on a more very kind of, uh, you know, a ambient that is a little more undertone. But like mm-hmm. I said, it had a more like, uh, uh, like I said, like a Hawaiian sound to it, which is interesting. Mm. But like you said, a video to that, you know, song, I think it'd be interesting because I think it'd show a lot of behind-the-scenes footage uh, of some things that took place that we never, you know, got right. a chance to see. So that's something that I want to definitely see. I would take, if I, if I if I had any say-so in that, I would actually take the anime approach with that because there's a lot of things, there's probably a lot of scenes that you would like to get that you may not have the footage of, even though Pac does have I mean, he has so much footage of himself and all that, but like just just certain scenes, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you know when he's talking about at the end when he when he went to go see Pac in the hospital, you know what I'm saying? You know, on, on his last days, you know what I'm saying? Like that would be dope if that would be put in the anime and just be able to see that entire thing just play out uh, visually. Yeah, because yeah, obviously we can't see it. You know, we don't know exactly what it'll look like if you put it in anime. Somebody use their own imagination. Right. Day. Right, right. Uh, yeah, King, yeah. King's Disease Two was, was dope. So, so if you had to put Nas is Nas is such a legend. Um, if you had to, if you had to compare Nas to like um, maybe like a superhero, because that's what I'm gonna do. Like when I go down some of the artists tonight, I'm gonna I'm gonna compare them to superheroes. Um, I'm also gonna kind of I'm gonna compare them to. Um, um, the original heroes, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like to Hootie, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and like that. Um, where would you, where would you put Nas? At? I look at Nas kind of more, kind of like, 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 like a, like a to Hootie figure. Um, because he just, the way he writes, you know what I'm saying? Like his scripture, the way he writes things and stuff like that. Um, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. 
I enjoyed that joint with uh, him and Eminem. I always wonder where the track with Nas and Eminem would sound like. So on that um, that EPMD, I, that was dope. A lot of people didn't like that, but I'm just like, man, that was just a uh, that was a lyrical Olympics right there, man. That was just artists going on there and just uh, and just and just showing off what they can do lyrically. Um, but um, I, you know, I feel like that was really that was the start to uh, when Nas dropped King's Disease Part Two. That was like the start of like hip hop. It's funny because, you know, years ago he dropped the hip-hop is dead. So, like, this was the the rise back to, like, prominent hip-hop and showing this generation, showing just, like, yo, lyricism, lyricism matters. Timeless music matters. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, I would like to actually bring it to July 17th where we actually had our, our part two interview. And during that interview, uh, Biz Marquis, uh, rest in power actually made his transition that night during the interview um, and he made his uh transition at the age 57 which um you you know what i'm saying have been pinpointing these specific numbers <laughs> right, 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 right. no um it's interesting too because you know uh even just kind of drawing it to the number 57 really quick mm-hmm Mm. He, he a DJ for uh, for Africa Van Bottom. Um, and he's the one who actually coined the term hip hop. You know, mm. he was Africa Van Bottom, but it was interesting because I found out today that he transitioned at the age of 57. Um, but um, in any event, with that being said, yeah, you know, um, I did want to touch on too as far as just the the the, the importance of. Uh, the beginning of hip hop. I don't think that's mm. really documented and explained like it should be. You know, mm. that's how it came about. You know, and that's why, again, even discussing on Nas, that's why, you know, I, I gravitate to Nas more because he still has that ground roots to him when it comes to hip hop. But, um, you know, some of the artists like, you know, KRS One, right. or you got, even got, um, you know, Rock Him, you got. Right. Uh, um, you know, those two prominent artists, like I said, I still listen to those artists. Mm. To mm. I, I just, I feel like it's important to just understand the, the story of how hip-hop actually started. You know, right. you had people, you had Africa Bambada, you had uh, DJ Cool Hurt, mm-hmm. you had um, a Grandmaster Flash, the right. three three prominent kings who, who developed hip-hop. And, uh, you know, obviously it came out the Bronx, but... Uh, you know, it came from a situation where, you know, individuals didn't even know the term or what hip-hop really meant. You know, it could have been called anything. Right. But you know, KRS-One documented that, you know, when he was a younger boy, he would always hear uh, DJ Cool Hurt, uh, cool Hurt mm-hmm. who was a Jamaican. And mm-hmm. he came over from Jamaica, and, uh, you know, he was set up outside, and he was the one who pretty much invented the needle drop. Mm. You know, first in the track on the record. So, uh, he as a little bit boy, KRS-One would go outside and hear, you know, the 
around. This was back in the early seventy, you know, nineteen seventy two, nineteen seventy three. But you know, us, you know, being who we are as a people, you mm-hmm. know, I think it's again, it's it's a testament to being able to basically, you know, crystallize, you know, something out of thin air and bring it into existence just based off of uh, certain principles because hip hop mm-hmm. originally mm-hmm. based on principles. Right, think, right. You know, the, the, the idea of breakdancing, bebop, uh, uh, graffiti art, you know, break, you know, DJing, all of that mm-hmm. um, done for the purpose of peace, love, unity, and freedom. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But today, you know, people rap for no reason. You know, everybody raps. You know, right. so I think that's missing in the culture. And today we look at hip hop as a as a genre, but hip hop isn't a genre. It's a, it's a culture. Mm. Right? Facts. You, it was set up on certain principles and uh, I think that's what's missing uh, with the hip hop today but yeah. um, like I said it's going back to Nas you know that's why I feel like Nas is an important figure in hip hop because I feel like he's not in the you know and um, I remember when I remember when J. Cole he 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 had that song I can't remember the, the name of the song but he was basically saying how you know uh, he was comparing hip hop it's like religion of saying how Nas wrote, you know, you know, um, Pac was Jesus and that Nas wrote the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Um, speaking of hip hop, shout out to Lizzie Jeff in the building. Um, you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, he, you know, saying so it's, it's, it's interesting how we, how we say that, how we spoke about Nas being the scriber of hip hop, you know what I'm saying? Comparing to Hootie, that's the same thing that, that J. Cole did, you know what I'm saying? Um, right, 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 right. But, but you know it's interesting um, to uh, to 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 fast forward the conversation a little bit. Um, we went from July sixth to July seventeenth. Now we're gonna tap into August. You know what I'm saying, which was the birth month of hip hop. And August third specifically, there was a versus that I feel like was very pivotal, especially for this generation of hip hop. For them to see lyricism, for them to see um, a lot of gangster hip hop, but done. At a level, at a at a, at a level minded, level minded level, done done level headedly. I don't know. Did I just make that up? Whatever. But now I'm so I'm talking about Dipset versus the Locks. You know what I'm saying? Like these two alpha male going at it, but to still be in peace and unity. I think that was so important for people to see. You know what I'm saying? Because it got heated up there. Like during the actual verses, it got heated up there. But at, at the end, it came together and all that. But it was great for for this. For this generation to see like Kiss Locks and all of them, they got lyrics at the end of the day. It's still lyrics, it's still dope beats. It's not just dope beats, it's still not just 808 claps, it's dope lyrics. And I feel like, especially being from New York, somebody that used to spit, this really did leaps and bounds for the morality of hip hop, for New York hip hop, and for just hip hop in general to really bring the emphasis back on the lyrics. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, because at face value, you know, the average person would think Dipset would have took that. But again, like I was speaking on that a month ago, um, and I, you know, we briefly talked about it, uh, I believe, on our last live. But mm-hmm. uh, West, you know, representing the individual, bring hip hop back to the surface. So that mm-hmm. was evidence of that transpiring. You know, when you see, you know, take that W. Right. Um, but you know, it was two different dynamics. You know what I mean? Uh, and I think again with the locks taking the W, um, it, it really, you know, because um, they did say in the article that the most uh, fulfillment in that whole battle was 
you know I got love for Dipset Bergang all that you know um, but I looked at it and was just like oh this is a lot this is a lopsided battle I knew going off off the rip I thought oh the locks are definitely gonna take this the locks see, the see, locks see, are... see, that, that, that wasn't my view with that see, but see what I realized though what I did realize during the battle was that Dipset's music didn't age well mm. it didn't age well mm. you know it was Right, right. But I felt like the locks was more grounded and a lot more substance. And like I said, they came yeah. more with that grittiness. Right, and I right. Looking for, especially in this climate where we got a lot of beta males. Right. Uh, running around, um, you know. Uh, I, I just think, yeah, that was something that was important for us, you know, to see. You know, mm. real hip hop. You know, real alpha males take the stage and really embrace uh, the essence of, right. of what hip hop is really about. You know, but you know, I give it up. I tip my hat to Dipset. You know, they did their thing. But yeah, I feel like again, it's just we're coming back full circle. You mm-hmm. know, and, and we're starting mm-hmm. to you know see, uh, you know, lyricism and you know things of that nature come back around. So I think it's right. important. For the right. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, lyricism is definitely, definitely important. Uh, especially with these next two artists that I'm about to uh, speak about. So um. As we move on later, these two artists are definitely pivotal and definitely, um, especially where where we're going to kind of take a turn uh, with this conversation about with uh, hip hop stars literally playing out their mythology in real time in front of us. And specifically, I'm talking about uh, Kanye West and Drake. You know, um, I remember years ago, um, Blue Pill talking about talking about Kanye West and how important he was going to be. And I've always been a super big Kanye West fan, but during I, I didn't I didn't correlate those kind of thoughts now, but now that I'm seeing things full circle, I'm definitely seeing his importance in hip-hop. And also Drake. I remember them talking about Drake years ago about... Um, I think it might have been Blue Pill as well. Might have, I'm not I'm not sure who did, but I, I, I do remember Blue Pill talking about years ago about how Drake's going to come in and be like this really like this dominant force in hip hop and this this energy that he's gonna bring. And you yourself, um, I've seen some of the posts that you've put up about Kanye and Drake and the position that they play in the stars and stuff like that. So um would you like to elaborate on the the, the roles that they that they that they are playing out in real time? You know, mm-hmm. like all we speak about, we have a celestial origin, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're only observing a small percentage of our reality as of right now in this physical, you know, vessel. Right, right, but right. We, we are multidimensional. Mm-hmm. And we um, not only as, you know, stars, but whole constellations. So drawing back to Kanye West, Kanye West is embodying Polaris. You know, mm-hmm. that's the North Star that sits right above the North Pole. 
know basically your purpose and your journey. So, you know, it was really easy to gauge Kanye West's trajectory because, Mm. again, Kanye West represents the North Node. He's the most magnetic artist Mm -hmm. right now. So, you know, again, Kanye West uh, embodies the Phoenix, right? Mm. Mm. And, uh, you Mm. know, months prior to the Lionsgate, I was doing my homework on Kanye West, just observing him, like I Mm -hmm. said, because he represents the North Star, the North Pole. Or not the North Pole, but the North Star, Polaris, the Bear. Right. Like I said, the North Star is synonymous with the North Node in your natal chart, which is the most magnetic part of the chart. So he was the gate, right? and it's not necessarily somebody that you gotta follow mm-hmm. and look at him as your leader, but he is someone basically to allow you put your eyes on and basically visually see what's transpiring within all melanated people on the planet, mm-hmm. right? So, and he embodies the Phoenix rising that each and every one of us is going through our own individual Phoenix rising. Mm. So, you know, even if you draw back to June 27, uh, 2000, I want to say 10, uh, he came out at the BET, BET Awards. It was his first um, performance after the whole Taylor Swift situation. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I remember that so specifically. Go ahead. Continue. Yeah, he was 33 years old.
So wait, be, be, before you continue, I just want to—I just want to make sure I want to wrap my head around this because the way I'm thinking about that. So the sun acts almost as like a conduit. So in my head, I'm comparing this to Reiki. So when I'm giving somebody Reiki, I'm not using my energy, but I am acting as a conduit for the universe and channeling energy. So you're saying the sun, Sirius A. The sun acts as a conduit for like Sirius A and B as energy for us. Right. So our sun, our sun is a hyperdimensional gateway, right? It's right. So mm-hmm. basically, it's the medium between the cosmic information and us. Mm-hmm. So we sensitive instruments mm-hmm. because we consist of the technology, which is the melanin, the semiconductor. We are the sensitive instruments that is supposed to then ground that galactic information coming from the sun and then refer it back the sun because again the universe is always constantly trying to know itself so as we ground that galactic information coming from the sun we refer it back to the sun the sun then refers it back to the black hole and it's just a continuous loop it's like an electric circuit right so you know drawing back to Kanye West you Mm know um, I was telling people you know the lion's gate is all about sun gazing Mm -hmm. right and um you know, it's interesting because even if you look at the Sphinx, the Sphinx is a lion. Right. And uh, the actual name for the Sphinx is um, Urim Akhet. Urim Akhet. Which means. Uh, Haru, on a, Haru on the Horizon? Haru on the Horizon, right? Yeah, right, yeah. right. So again, we're talking about the Lion's Gate. We're talking about the Sphinx, which is a lion. Mm-hmm. The Sphinx looking on the east. So I said, okay, so. You know, prior to the Lionsgate or during the Lionsgate, mm-hmm. we are to go outside in the in the rising, right, and watch the sun crack the horizon and let the light come through the eyes. Mm-hmm. So, as I was still doing my homework with Kanye West and you know juxtaposing the Lionsgate with Kanye West, I said, okay, well, wait a minute. Okay, so Kanye West embodies the Falcon. Well, you know, if you look in the brain, right, you have the thalamus and you have the medulla obligata. And if you were to lay the medulla obligata in the thalamus uh, alongside a falcon, it looks identical, right? So what I was telling people basically um, was that upon the, you know, the lion's gate during sun gazing, what you're doing is taking the uh, light through the eyes. And again, remember, Sirius is delivering this information. The sun is serving as a medium, delivering it to us. But mm-hmm. we're getting sun through the eyes. And the rising is stimulating what you call the thalamus reticular nuclei. Mm. Okay. Thalamus reticular nucleon. Yeah, thalamus reticular nuclei. And the thalamus okay. in your brain is responsible for motor and sensory uh, signals. Okay. Right? For consciousness. So, uh, in reference to that, you got what you call the thalamus pacemaker. Mm-hmm. And the thalamus pacemaker basically is um, a trigger. Um, that um, generates an electrical current through the cerebral cortex, which is responsible for your consciousness. Mm. So this is what was being stimulated upon the lion's gate. So if you look at ancient Kemet, right, they got a deity on the wall, and he's a falcon. It's mm-hmm. a falcon sun disc on his head. The sun disc represents the thalamus, and the falcon itself represents the obligata in the brain. Mm. So, okay, so basically, um, you know, and I'm summing it up a little bit because, you know, I, I I talk about it a lot more in depth in the book. But right, right. to sum it up, 
Shout out to shout out to uh, a conversation with the cosmos. Yeah, shout out, shout out, man. I, yeah. Um, like I said, I go a lot more in depth in the book, but basically during the lion's gate, it was the sun gates to stimulate the thalamus to mm-hmm. trigger an electric current in the cerebral cortex to raise the consciousness, or i.e. the kundalini energy. Mm-hmm. So as I was doing my homework on that and getting that download again, I'm running this synonymous with Kanye West, and I also said, okay, well, West again is the gauge because he has all the motifs that represents the Phoenix Rising. And, uh, you know, basically Kanye West again, after the Lionsgate closes, uh, upon it, you know, before it even closed, Kanye West represents that individual standing at the gate that's mm. going to bring hip hop back to the surface. Mm. Also said verbatim, I said, when West comes out, Kendrick Lamar is going to follow suit right after. You definitely did say that. So, you know, and I was telling people this prior to, you know, again, like I said, prior to the Lionsgate. So, um, you know, um, Kanye West, like I said, he embodies, you know, a specific constellation. Right. So, you know, drawing back to, you know, what our ancestors understood, they understood microbiology. Like, how did they know that certain constellations looked a certain way that they did? Well, they right. studied the body. Mm. So, if you're looking at Kanye West and you can juxtapose what Kanye West represents and mm-hmm. then bring it back in within your biology, then you can kind of correspond it to it and correspond it to it and say, okay, well, if he embodies the Phoenix Rising, he embodies the Falcon Horse, okay, what does the Falcon represent? Going Kemet, okay. And Kemet, the Falcon has a sun disc going to say the sun disc represents the Dalamus, okay. The actual Falcon represents the Medubla Obligata. Oh, okay. So we're talking about the Lion's Gate, okay. The Sphinx is a lion. Um, um, the actual name of the Sphinx is uh, Herem Het, which means Horus on the horizon. Yep. That means we are supposed to be like the Sphinx. Get up in the rising, watch the sun crack the horizon in the east, get the sun through the eyes to stimulate the thalamus reticular nuclei. Mm. With your electrical cerebral cortex mm. that then raises the level of consciousness or, you know, what you can call your kundalini. Right. So that that all represented in that whole motif. Mm. And then shortly after, uh, or the, literally the day after uh, the Lionsgate, which was uh, August 9th, oh. uh, uh, King Vaughn's birthday. Mm. Uh, yeah, but he you and I both know that that number 27 plays out. So it was very wow. symbolic that, mm. you know, he, uh, King Vaughn represents that motif of what you call the quote-unquote, you know, trap rappers or, you know, Right. You know, I want to play that. You know, he represents, King Von represents that whole motif. Mm-hmm. And as I was saying, you know, after the gates close, you're going to start to see hip hop resurface. Yeah. So I thought that was very symbolic that literally the day after the gate closed, we're now celebrating King Von, but you see the gates closed. Right. It's right. closed while we're celebrating King Von. So that is kind of, uh, a, that implies the fact that, again, like, you know, the, what we call trap rap or whatever is on its demise. Mm. And it, it, uh, you know, it's no coincidence uh, right. that the lot, right? Right. Like, Kanye West served as a gatekeeper, right? Mm-hmm. At the locks, right? Because we're talking about gates, we're talking about locks. Mm. You, know, you know, we're talking, you know, so um, it was no coincidence why, you know, the locks was being praised around. No coincidence why Nas dropped down. I said verbatim as well. uh, Jay Z is getting ready to drop too before the uh, before the uh, right, right. 
I, now, but, I, I, I remember you said that. I mean, he he dropped the verse on uh, he dropped the verse on on Drake's album. Somebody that we're gonna talk about next. Uh, he dropped that he dropped that verse on on Drake's album. So uh, you know, he's he's peaking because every time that Nas drops, not every yeah, every time that Nas drops, Jay Z is uh, not too far behind. Look, yeah, and like I said, I'm gonna I'm save a little bit because it's in the book, but uh, <laughs> so he's a Sagittarius. You know, there's a lot of Sagittarius energy. I'm a Sagittarius. Nicki mm-hmm. Minaj is a Sagittarius. She's in the headlines. Yeah. You know, recent, you know, they were over uh, sea celebrating uh, Beyonce's birthday, mm-hmm. you know, for, uh, on the Mediterranean Sea. Um, so, you know, if you can read between that, like, basically, again, that just represents the fact that uh, Jay-Z, because he, he does the, um, you know, he's very mystique. You know, he follows certain laws, cosmic laws, and I can gauge that just based on how he moves. Right. He, he plays the element of surprise. So when he drops back and he goes overseas, shortly after, he's always been dropping an album within a mm. month after, even mm. three months. So, you know, I'm seeing that and I'm saying, okay, Jay-Z is up next. And it only makes sense because, again, uh, Nas just dropped, uh, you know, J. Cole just dropped a while back, while back you right. know, with a lot being highlighted. You know, so again, it's this resurfacing hip hop. Kendrick Lamar just came back out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, it's this. You know, it's only it's only a matter of time that Jay Z sees this window and comes in, really, you know, puts that stamp on it. I but, believe you that. Know, that's what... Be- before we before we uh, move on to, to 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 the next artist, I think is 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 plays a major part in this. Can you explain the the bear motif with Kanye West? Because yeah. that's that's always been something like in from the beginning of his career, you know, uh, the the bear motif. He's always emphasized the bear. Um, I'm not exactly sure what that means, and uh, I don't think I'm the only person that doesn't fully uh, grasp the concept for that. So if you can uh, elaborate on the bear motif that Kanye West has had throughout basically his entire career. Well, see, it draws back to uh, you know, if we go celestial, it, it draws back again to the constellation of uh, Ursa Minor. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about Polaris the bear, mm-hmm. Polaris the bear, that's the North Star. Um, but if you look at it on the surface, you know it's a bear, but it's also a mascot. So as I mentioned, Kanye West embodies the graduation of consciousness. You know, and if you look on his second album, I want to say this second album on the cover is the bear, but you notice that the bear's trajectory is going upward. Yes, that's late registration. Yes, yes, yes. Right, right. so he's going up to the North Star and uh, even drawing uh, Drake back into this uh, conversation. Drake represents the Draco constellation. Mm. And what you were seeing with Drake and Kanye West is that you were just seeing basically the battle between the seat of the North Star. Mm. I mean, that's Is this is this similar to like kind of like with Pac? Remember that I'm not I'm pretty sure you've heard it that that interview that Pac did with Sway when when Pac was talking about the nigga kingdom. Uh, I mean, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. That, that's what he was embodying because, um, again, that seat, you know, and as we all know, Harriet Tubman, she followed the same star, the North Star. The North Star never, never moves. Everything rolled. Everything circles around the North mm-hmm. Star. North mm-hmm. Star. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. really gauge the North Star 
Mm. Uh, so again, Kanye West embodied the North Star, so that's why it was easy for me to kind of trace the trajectory and paint him as the motif to represent the But like I mentioned, it's not anybody that we're necessarily following. Mm. It is a representation of what is transpiring within all of us individually. Mm. Mm. So we're all through our own individual Phoenix Rising, but you know, like in ancient Kemet, you know, they would, you know, uh, write or, you know, draw the glyphs and, you know, they would speak in code, you right. know, and it wasn't necessarily literal, but everything would always draw back to the individual, even as strategic as the way they would draw the glyph, glyphs were based on sacred geometry. So those with the ancient bloodline, when you expose the eyes to those specific glyphs, mm-hmm. it stimulated the interest of that ancient information of the person that's looking at the glyph and the so that's mm. what Kanye West embodies. He embodies like uh, a new age bliss, right? Mm. So um, those who had the eyes to see could see it, you know, and I could see it. So that's why, you know, I thought it was my 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 uh, duty at that moment to really document that and tell the people, well, Kanye West is the motif. He represents the Phoenix Rising. Right. And as we all bear witness to on August uh, 27, we got word that the night prior to he set himself on fire. In Chicago, right where the Bears play, or yeah, where the Bears play. Where the Bears play, play right? Mm. Um, you know, thought it's all laid out there. Like I said, I explained it a lot more in depth in the book, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, I think we got to look at some of these individuals that we call stars, you know, and uh, do our best to try to understand their role because they do have a celestial role. And again, if you got the eyes to see it, it'll help you gauge right. where. The Right. So, right. Absolutely. They definitely do have a, a role to play in it. And it's it's beautiful to bring back to Jay Z a little bit. I feel like him and Jay him and him and B have definitely uh they know their role with, you know, if you know, you know, them them being the J and the B, you know, just in that in that essence in itself, you know what I'm saying, just just plays out so much and how, you know what I'm saying, when you bring Kanye into the mix with it and their relationship and all that. You're seeing uh, all these stars play out, you know what I'm saying? The the mythology play out in real time. So I think that's really dope. But uh, you mentioned them, and um, Draco. Drake represents a big Draco. Uh, I remember back in college, um, my girlfriend at the time, like, telling me about, oh, this guy named Drake, he's going to be really, really, really big. He's going to be really, really big. Not knowing that I was Jimmy from Degrassi. So I always thought that was a, a, a an interesting, <laughs> an interesting transition. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You, well, you can even uh, uh, look at Drake's cover, his discography throughout his uh, career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his first album. You know, he had the image with uh, because these artists again, they're, they're playing out mythological characters. Um, you know, unbeknownst to them or not, you know, they're on the main stage. So right. you know.
front of you, right. you know, so they can finally, you know, so they can say, well, you, we told you so, told you know, you. what like, we's hiding from you. So there's a lot of secrecy, you know, with these artists. But like, like I said, unbeknownst to them, you know, they're playing out ancient mythological scripts. So, right. um, like I said, if you look at um, Drake's discography, you know, he's he's embodying the sun. So when mm. it first out, it's showing him uh, basically just his face. Yeah, he's kind of like looking up, kind of. Right, like looking up, but it has a, a red tint to it, and that's symbolic of infrared radiation. Um, infrared radiation uh, is responsible for the first breath of life, right? And it's heat. You know, it heat corresponds to love. Because mm. uh, you feel heat, right? That's love. That's electricity surging through the body when you're outside and you feel, you're feeling infrared radiation on the body. Mm. Uh, mm. So he's fighting at that moment. But notice, even with the title of the albums, the second album is uh, Take Care. So that's implying the fact that he's dropping down into an underworld on unnoticed, unseen. So he goes from the sun mm-hmm. or looking up to then dropping down into the underworld. Mm-hmm. It's no different than the you know what we're going through now. We just enter you know autumn. Fall, right? Yeah. So the sun is on its trajectory back down into the underworld. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So even if you look at the cover, of take care, take care has a very uh, mystique uh, image to it. You know the darker kind of you know um, vibe to it. The gold. Um, you know, it has the owl on the table, the owl dark, you know, the owl very symbolic as well, but, you know, that's a whole other story. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, and again, if you look at his third album, now, again, it's the sun ascending back up mm-hmm. degrees, just like it does, you know, uh, December 25th, the foreshadow spring. Mm. So, look on his uh, third uh, album, um, Nothing Was the Same, he recognized the underworld Right, he gained a lot of information, a, a, a lot of knowledge. He, he may have got initiated into an occult or some 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 sort, but he had, he, he gained some level of information. Right. And so, out of his third album, nothing was the same. But if you look at it, basically, it's a mere reflection of who he was as a little boy. But his head is in the clouds, and foreshadowing the fact that the sun has risen or crossed the horizon of foreshadowed spring, just like it does on December twenty fifth. Um, so, you know, um, he then came out with a fourth album. Like his fourth album, I think, was Nothing Was the Same, I believe. Yeah, I think it was Nothing Was the Same with him sitting at the table. Was it Was it Nothing Was the Same? Was it? No. If you're looking at this, it's too late. What was his fourth one? His fourth one was, uh, I want to say, was it Views? I know Views is somewhere in there. and uh, I think it's Views, and then it's, uh, if you're looking at this, it's too late. If you're reading this, it's too late. But in any event, Mm -hmm. yeah, so if you again, you're looking at the title of the albums, you got Mm -hmm. views, so now he's at his highest trajectory. He's reached summertime where the sun has reached his his peak. Right. Right. Um, And then, you know, you dive into more life, uh, I think, shortly after, but um, that represents, again, the father, you know, him avenging his father. It's no different than uh, uh, the mythology with Horus, Cyrus, you know, Horus. His father, uh, but you know, like I said, just you know, these artists are just playing out mythological characters, and mm-hmm. again, I, I see it, it'll really you know uh, help you gauge based on you know, it, it, like I said, it help you get collective conscious is going through, um, right. you know, individually. And, and and that's interesting because uh, that, that you said that to to veg you back off that is 
You know, he just dropped a certified lover boy in the Virgo season, which is real about Mercury. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, oh, that's big Mercury energy with hip-hop artists because it's the vocal. But in this time with him, you know, you saying it showed like a trajectory of himself. We've all, you know, know that Drake is a certified lover boy with the singing, the hip-hop. He's always had this duality, much, you know, like his predecessor, Ja Rule, who, who, who might um, talk, talk, touch on to a little bit. Um, he's really showing himself. So, like, I can see by, by the way that you broke down his discography and the covers and all that, the certified lover boy is him finally showing, yeah, I am. That This is who I am. And as a people, in a lot of the ways, people are really like, yo, this is who I am. You know what I'm saying? This is the time of the, the helpers, the people with, with all these special powers. It's finally bubbling to the surface and we're like, all right, this is who I am. I feel like a lot of the 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 quote-unquote black sheeps of the family are now just like, yeah, this is who I am. I'm the black sheep and what? Right, 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 right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're in the age of Aquarius, so everybody's, you know, uh, recognizing who they are as a people, you know, and like, uh, look at Drake and Drake, you know, coming out with certified lover boys, evidence that, you know, we're in a time of, of self-realization, you know, and that's right. evidence of, of, of that right there, so... That was, and you know, and it's interesting because we're, we're we're like in like this kind of, and this is going on not even just in hip hop. This is going on through all sets, especially with movies and all that. We're in this nostalgia kind of wave, but moving forward. So we're taking kind of we're taking from the past to move forward. With um, you know, we're doing all these remakes of movies, rebooting all these shows. The verses is bringing that nostalgia feel back. You know what I'm saying? With with Ja Rule and Fat Joe. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, I I I I personally thought that Ja Rule was gonna win that off rip just because not not that I was doubting Fat Joe, but I just think that Ja Rule. Um, you know, people people forget before Fifty took the before Fifty swept the rug from under Ja Rule's legs. People forget. Ja Rule had hits after hit after hit after hit, <laughs> and he showed it on full display at um at the verses. Right, yeah. I mean, I remember Ja Rule when I was younger. I mean, he Ja Rule. I, I mean, he was one of the few that you always seen. You know, and he was the one who came out with the female tracks singing. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty much. He, you know, he's doing a lot of what some of the artists are doing today. The singing, rapping type thing. Doing that way back then, right? You know, but I think he 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 really dominated that uh, that arena, or you know, he dominated that that you know what he brought to the game because he catered to women, right? Right. right. He catered women, you know, and that's what Drake does. That's the secret, right? right. Definitely a secret. Catered to the goddesses, gentlemen. Free game. So yeah, you know, <laughs> in the studio they would always have women in the studio because women would be the tastemakers, you know. Mm. Watching Dipset versus The Locks, 
I feel like people should definitely take the Jada Kiss route. You know, do what works for you and don't let up. Do not let up. Don't let up. Take the cue from Kiss. <laughs> don't let up. Alright? <laughs> Get on your wave and ride it. And just and just ride it. And just ride it. Um so you so so you said that Dipset was a big uh influence on you growing up. Who was some of your um who were some of your favorite hip hop artists growing up and and today? Like my favorite hip hop artist today? Yeah, you can uh, you can name some of your uh, favorite hip hop artists from from yesterday and today. Uh, well, when I was coming up, like I said, I'm in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the uh, Midwest, and the Midwest, we you know, because uh, you know every 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 part of the you know country they have their you know identity. So if yeah. you're talking about uh, the South. Cloth Apparel at says, do you know about Kimbada? Before you answer that, um, I just want to shout out to everybody in the chat. Um, I see y'all out there. I really appreciate y'all for tapping in. Y'all be giving a lot of energy, a lot of love down there. So I just want to shout out to y'all. Give y'all y'all, give y'all y'all love. Um, yeah, um, I think both of us are well aware of Kimbada. Um, shout out to Kimbada and Lo Deluxe for Manifest Destiny. Gotta be, that's just lyrical olympics lyrical exercise and just if dragon ball z could be composed into lyrics that's what um kambada and lotus and lotus lux would be on that last joint um man kambada shout out to shout out to kambada uh i gotta get kambada on the richie moon show but um yeah man kambada is Shout out to Brother Rich. Yeah, but um, yeah, that yeah, can't buy it. 
Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, the way he the way he delivers it, it's just if family. If you have not go tapped in to Cambada, I would highly, highly recommend that you uh, go ahead and dip your toe into that pool. Um, definitely. Um, if there was any, have you have you? I know we're both like Marvel fans and stuff like that. Have you seen any of the what ifs? So, so for the family out there, uh, what ifs is the concept of you know take a story from the Marvel and and, and you know what if this didn't happen? And I like to take that kind of concept and apply it to other things. So since we're talking about uh, hip hop, what is your biggest what if? You know, um, I'll give an example. My biggest what if is always if 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 Pac did get, if Pac didn't get killed. You know what I'm saying? If he if he would have survived that second shooting, he would have came out. What would have happened after that? Where there would have been a Machiavelli Records, you know what I'm saying? Would there have been a Death Row East? You know what I'm saying? Like there's so many, you know, Biggie probably survived after. You know, there's just so many different directions that he goes. Does he just go straight into politics? Does he go into acting? What happens? You know what I'm saying? That's a, you know. different different outlook for hip hop I think uh, us as a people would have been in a different place uh, a, a lot of a lot of a lot of different um, a lot of different pieces would have just been moved Pac was a was a powerful spirit of a, a force rather and, and when he unfortunately got taken out a lot of legs from that from that force just kind of died out with him because he had so many plans you know, and just to go back to what you said about him knowing his script, I absolutely agree with that. You know, um, if you listen to his music, it's very apparent. He, death was this motif in his life that kept 
it was like he was running from it. You know what I'm saying? He was right, running from right, it, right, and, right. and and it finally uh, caught up to him. Yeah, and I know even Biggie, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy, spoken into existence. You yeah. know, name it, album ready to die. Right. You know, just things of that nature. It really goes to show, like the power of the word. And mm-hmm. I feel like again, that's very even. You know, with today's hip hop, that's not taken into consideration. You know, right. obviously we're living in a different time back then. So the energy was different, the environment, the electricity in the air different. So it was very prominent in regards to speaking things into existence, things coming to the forefront a lot quicker. But uh, even going back to a metaphysical uh, side, you know, mm-hmm. we've got uh, the age of Aquarius, you know, mm-hmm. like 100-year cycle in the air element, you know. So what that's saying is basically mm-hmm. we're going back to those uh, golden age. So, you know, I always tell people, you know, uh, it's very important to, you know, uh, invoke and really set your intentions out because, you know, the air, you know, is different. Yes. And you use the word to convey your message. You're speaking things into existence. And around this time and just here within the next 10 to 15, 20 years, um, that is, you know, the, the, the power that we are going to have to imbue and, and use in order to create the realities that we want. It's going back nice. to the work. Right back in it. Um, so, uh, you know, I speak on that as well from a scientific lens. And you and mm-hmm. I both know I always come from a scientific basis because I, right. I like to get more of a tangible, uh, 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 you know, an identity. You know, mm-hmm. I like to, somebody says speaking something into existence, it's like, what does that mean? What does that imply? Like, what does that look like? Right? Mm-hmm. We obviously know you're speaking words, right? But, um, yeah, you know, like I said, I just, yeah, I feel like, you know, that that's something that we got to start paying attention to, you know, really owning that and, um, you know, just using that as, you know, like I said, our, our power. Yeah, I think that, I think that, you know, brings the conversation completely full circle with this being about hip hop and, you know, hip hop being the voice, the throat chakra, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know the you know even when we look at in a in a religious context you know what i'm saying um i know we have a smart audience but you know just not in a puritanical sense if you look at the bible the word it started with the word you know what i'm saying with that vibration of the word you know what i'm saying so it all it all it all comes back to the voice and you know it's interesting i just thought about when you're saying it you know, as as we're entering until you know, I guess not not hitting the peak of this age of full of uh, age of Aquarius, but like really getting into knee deep into the age of Aquarius. You know, that being an air sign, um, it's interesting with the thing going on with the air and the breath and the lungs and you know, everything that came about hap, hap, that hap, that happened to come about during that time as was it, as we're entering this cycle. You know what I'm saying? I just uh put all that into perspective so yeah family use your voice family use you use use your voice get that though get that throat chakra strong you know what i'm saying get that throat chakra was, strong. yeah I'm, I'm a yeah briefly speak on that really quick so please I, please yeah i talk about it um you know because you, you live uh in people who've been on my life they've heard me talk like this but we live within a, a an electrostatic environment so what we deem empty space consists of all the information within the universe. Uh, a very electric uh, environment who, you know, in ancient Kemet, they deified as shoot as mm-hmm. H. So if you were to look on a glyph in 
fluid. You know, it's plasma, mm-hmm. basically, but it's, it's an equilibrium all the time when there's no sound. So as soon as the vocal cords vibrate, that initial disturbance, uh, which is called a perturbation, that initial disturbance sets up a propagation through the ethers. So mm-hmm. when you when you speak, that vibration, and that's why tone is so important, that's why, um, you know, using certain letters and words and verbiage is so important because it's, it's, it's the tone that's going to set up the rate of induction. When I, when I say the rate of induction, that's the speed of the propagation gravitational waves that are set off when you speak things into the air. Mm. We're connecting with the electrostatic environment again. This environment all around us as we speak right now, every, everything around us, all the empty air is an electrostatic environment. And as soon as we speak, it creates a disturbance. And that disturbance is, you know, it propagates, generates gravitational waves back to the source. But based on how strong the intent and the will is of the word, that rate of induction or that speed is going to be a lot quicker, which means once it gets to the source, Mm -hmm. your return rate is going to be just as fast, right? So it's all relative to um, you not only believing in what you're speaking, but conveying it and saying it and not only saying it, but demanding it, right? Mm. No, we're not necessarily asking for it, but we're demanding something to be, you know, coming to fruition. So, you know, it's again all about being a disruptor, about uh, like I said, creating a disturbance. It's no different, and I'm going to create a picture for it, an analogy of, you know, an individual in the middle of a pond, you know, and he's flapping his arms, mm-hmm. right? And uh, he's generating waves. It's the same thing. The The water will serve as the electrostatic environment. But that, mm-hmm. that would be water. But it's, as soon as he starts moving, he creates a disturbance, which then generates those waves. Mm-hmm. And those waves are what's taking place within the environment every time we speak. And like I said, based on your tonage, based on the words being used, uh, your level of conveyance, those those waves are going to generate a lot quicker, which mm-hmm. means your return rate back from the source is going to be just as fast. Ooh. So, um, yeah, you said the breath, throat chakra. Yes. We're dealing with the air element around this time. So speaking things into existence is going to be uh, very prominent. You know? Right. I mean, I mean, to even... To even to bring this circle around even more intertwining and imploding on itself when you go back to Kemet and when you look how things I'm and I'm I'm literally talking about as 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 my master teacher Professor Kaba would say, before beginning before beginning begun, if you're talking about the 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 prime the primordial waters, you know what I'm saying? Um it doesn't even recognizes itself into right. you know what I'm saying Patah on the hill speaks its name excuse me Adam on the hill speaks his name you know what I'm saying and and, and causes the disturbance you know what I'm saying the turbulence you know what I'm saying which you know what I'm saying which causes the vibrations you know what I'm saying which causes everything to get to start moving and everything so it's always the power the power of the voice you know what I'm saying speaking these things into existence um, being intentful and, and mindful. Um, I've been doing a lot of traveling. I've been with my family, and I get a bit anal with them with the things that they say. And I'm like, "Yo, there's power in what you say. Like, be ca- oh, this is killing me. Yo, hold up, it's not killing you. It's bringing you to life. And they're not really thinking anything of it, but it's just like your subconscious is picking that up, and it's just layering it, layering it, layering it, layering it on there. You know what I'm saying?" And, um, yeah. you know, 
I'm really big about, you know, the music you playing around, you know, we got, we got the kitties around, you know what I'm saying? Hold up, we can't play that music around the kitties, especially from the age one to seven, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? You find, you find, you find tuning the kids during that time, so. Right, right, right. No, like you said, I mean, that's the science of real alchemy. You really want to be an alchemist because, again, we consist of the highest form of technology on mm-hmm. the body, which is carbon. Mm-hmm. And carbon has the capacity to, you know, crystallize gases into something physical. You know, fruit is of three different gases. Uh, so you got an apple, which is made up of hydrogen and two other gases. The only way that it can crystallize into something physical is if you introduce that binding element, which is carbon. Mm-hmm. So, you know, why, like I said, it's important to speak. Uh, and when you speak, you're conscious about what you're speaking because, yes. you know, the real science of alchemy is taking something from the unseen crystallizing it to the physical so by being that differentiate you know that 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 environment that we exist in is the nothingness it's equilibrium there's no movement but do you speak Mm -hmm. your vocal cords are going to create that disturbance which is then it's going to initiate a vibration and whatever comes out of that is all relative to what you're invoking you know and what you're speaking on so Mm -hmm. you know that science of alchemy is, is creating the differentiation between the the, the, the equilibrium and then the, the, the non-equilibrium which would be the physical object of whatever you know you're speaking about um, before we do tap out of here I do want to take um, I know we have a very active audience tonight uh, shout out to the shout out to the family and the audience really appreciate y'all for tapping in um, do y'all have any questions uh, before before we tap out do we do we have any questions for my good brother Kebulon. Um, yeah, I know I've seen y'all been y'all been talking to each other. Network, I please. Even, I haven't even got a chance to look at anything. <clears throat> yeah, shout out to them, man. They've been very active, just you know, comp veggie backing on things that we've been saying. Um, you know, networking with each other, interacting with each other. Um, love y'all. My Friday nights have gotten better with age. This is a celebration for real, for real. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, everybody wants to know. Everybody wants to know about the book. When the book is coming, um, I, I'm I, I'm not gonna give an answer, but I will say, um, having privy, having access to these brothers behind the scenes, behind the camera, behind the Instagram, I will say, family, it is very much. Um, worth the wait when I tell you it's going to come out in different folds and it will be a spectacle for the eyes and the ears it will be worth the wait family greatness yeah. is a process yes we, we're on cosmic time right now so we right. really have it right? but once it drops it'll be the right time you know everything is in divine timing so um, it's something that's never been done before right mm-hmm. so the process and um it's not just a regular book. It's not just your regular ebook. Like I said, we're dealing with, and I'm not going to go too much into it right now, but we're dealing with, I mean, a lot of interaction, a lot of, you know, animation, a lot of uh, very aesthetically pleasing images and moving around and talking back to you. Uh, you know, so we're, we're in the process, and once it drops, it'll be well worth it, I promise you. Right. It will be worth the family. It will be worth the family. So let's get tapping into some of these questions. Um, also, while in the sun on its way down, does that affect sun gazing? Let me read that for you one more time. Also, while sun, also while the sun is down, also while 
also while sun is on its way down, does that affect sun gazing? Uh, I would say it just limits the amount of light that it comes through. Me personally, I sun gaze any part of the day. The sun is, you know, at its highest point. Or, but I, I wouldn't recommend that, you know, because I practice that a lot. So I've right. developed that reflex to process a lot of light, whether the sun is, like I said, at the zenith or setting. But, um, you know, it, it really, it's all relative to, you know, the amount of light that's coming through via, uh, um, the sun setting. I want to say you're getting a lot more. Uh, I don't want to say UV. You're getting a more infrared as opposed to UV. You know, during the sunrise, during the sunrise. you're getting a uh, uh, infrared. But um, you know, I also you know want to say too. I of course find sun gazing with going outside and through and going outside barefoot. You know, tapping into the planet. That's that's. That's that's super important uh, because you know again you're taking in negative ions from the center of the planet and uh, all that energy through the lymphatic system and ionizing your plasma right body right. so you know not only do you receive sun through the eye but sun gaze you want to you want your bare feet to be plugged into that circuit into right. that earth into the planet into the earth uh, to really charge up but um yeah to answer answer the answer uh, her question um. Yeah, I think it's just all relative to, and I got to get back with, with her on that as well, because I would say it's more infrared coming in as the sun set. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you're just getting a smaller amount of light through the eyes. I think um, lo lo love yourself more candles. Is there an ideal time to sun gaze? I know that KT teaches us that um, within two hours of the sun rising, is the best time to go out and and sun gaze. That's when I personally go out, um, go out and sun gaze. You know, bare feet. You know, what I'm saying, go sun gaze. And also when the sun is setting within that hour of, of the sun setting, uh, that's a good time to go out and, and sun gaze. And actually, for for training, per I mean, you want to get that balance. But I know for people that like that are training your eyes, you'll be able to you'll be able to gauge the sun a lot more when the sun is setting as opposed to uh, when the sun is rising. Yeah, and also too, sun gazing as well uh, with the pineal gland, because people speak about the pineal gland a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as you're sun gazing, you want to be conscious of your breathing. Your pineal gland consists of what you call piezochromatic crystals. And uh, your pineal gland is piezoelectric, which means when you apply stress and pressure on the pineal gland, it glows. It's fluorescent. Mm -hmm. So as you... Uh, pineal gland and mechanical stress uh, simultaneously while you're breathing mm -hmm. is, is putting pressure on the pineal gland which transfers over into uh, electrical current. So mm -hmm. you're taking mechanical stress and you're transferring transferring it over into electrical current which then begins to release, you know, the dopamine, the, uh, um, you know, the uh, oxytocin, um, the, you know, all the benefits to the brain. It's stimulating different glands in the brain but um, you know, um, yeah, I think that's that's key to know when you're sun gazing. You're 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 you're, you're definitely uh, stimulating a certain part of the brain. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, yeah, it's not just staring at the sun. You know, something's biologically actually taking an effect. You're right. doing that, and just you know, just to visit back with that family. Just when you're doing that, be intentional. Go out there with yeah. the intent. You know, what I'm saying when you're sun gazing, you know, what what, what do you 
hoping to gain from that experience. Go out there with that intention out there as you go to, it's like a muscle, you know what I'm saying? You go out there, push ups to work out your bicep chest. You gotta go out there to sun gaze to build up the muscle in your eyes to be able to take more. But go out there with the intention, with the full breaths and uh, you'll definitely see uh, your effectiveness uh, go up. So uh, one last question before we get out of here. Um, you know what, I like this. And this person has been very active. What does the return of the Anunnaki mean to you? I've seen some vids slash audio of military intel speaking on it as being a major cover-up, etc. Um, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna let him take this after me, but um, I'm I'm gonna give you I'm gonna short answer it. They're already here. They've been here. They've been watching. They've been observing. They've been in contact. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, cause I, yeah, that's a whole that that's you're right. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole yeah, cause there's a lot of yeah yeah. That's and like and I, respectfully to the to the family, not everything is just for Instagram. Some things right. are just some things. Uh, you, you know, you might only get in depth conversations like this in person because just not everything is for everything. Just not for Instagram. Um, 
think it really does that like it goes back to your to your perspective uh where does saturn sit at in your chart uh what does that mean to you i mean we're, we're in the pisces uh we're in a pisces energy right now which rules over sleep and dreams so a lot of people's dreams right now are going to be a bit more intense um not even to be funny what did you eat right before you went to sleep did you eat anything yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you didn't eat anything, were you fasting before that? Or did you eat something and then lay down? Did you smoke? There's, there's so many different... Not to, not that I don't want to give you a straight answer, but there's so many... To be able to give you a more specific and accurate answer to more of what you're looking for, I would need to take these things into account to be able to, 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 to help you, to guide you to that destination. Did you sleep? Did you smoke? What did you drink? If you did eat, what did you eat? Did, were you fasting that day? Are you coming off a fast? Do you do shroom? Like, there's so many, you know what I'm saying? What's your birthday? What's your rising? You know what I'm saying? Like, do you usually have dreams? That's a whole conversation. Just to add, I would say, though, when you've got planets conjuncting, you have basically, you know, two planets racing to the uh, lowest pressure point in the universe because they're trying to return back to the unseen. And also, too, you got you know, a plasma discharge, which means you, you are getting a certain level of information. So when you're having dreams about planets conjuncting, and I, I would recommend you look into those planets, but also understand too that, like I said, when you got planets that are that close to each other, there's a plasma discharge that is taking place, which means there's an abundant amount of radiation that's coming from that, which is information. Mm. So you are getting something or a signal or information relative to whatever characteristics those planets are holding but like uh rich said i would you know definitely recommend doing a uh a chart you know and seeing where those specific planets are in your uh you know in your chart so mm. so they were fasting had mugwort tea okay mugwort is a good herb i've been using uh mugwort on some of my herbs smoked as well um okay um you know that's a definitely um yeah you know just like my good brother said a lot of different um ways that you can go about that you know what i'm saying going to look into that um with that being said man i think this has been uh you know what i'm saying uh they say you know don't 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 uh count your chickens too early or whatever oh i don't eat chicken so i'm gonna go ahead and count all them chickens <laughs> i think this is i think this has been another this has been a successful part three my good brother <laughs> yes monumental build um before we tap out tonight, peace, love, and light to the family, everybody that's been out there. Um, if everybody could do me a big favor, um, as you can see, um, my page got hacked before. Um, Due to some um, bad, do some shady um, Bitcoin trades I made myself. So I'm, I take full accountability. I shouldn't have done that. But nonetheless, my page got hacked. So um, if you can, everybody that tapped in, if you enjoyed what you've seen tonight, just give the good brother a good old follow. Tap the link in the bio. This podcast will be available tomorrow at 4.44. Um, yeah, uh, tap in with me. Um, tap with me on the YouTube, The Richie Moon Show. Tap with me on the IG, The Richie Moon Show underscore. Um, I got some products coming out that will be debuting at uh, in October. I'm excited about that. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and talk about it's it's a lingam steam, you know what I'm saying? The, the the ladies out there, they got the yoni steams for them, and they got the yoni teams, and, and that's great. I think they need that. But the brothers, the gods, we need something too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, no. Before, before we close out, I do want to 
Godbody. I will be. I, I did not get a chance to participate in the last one. I will be participating in this Godbody Challenge, family. Um, tap in. It's a really. It's a. Re, it's a, it's a community thing. Gosh, it's been like a year at this. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a yeah. long time at this point, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. It was you and maybe like what two other people doing it. Yeah. <laughs> now we so. got a whole community of the Godbody Challenge. Yeah. So, family, tap in. Um, there's a whole bunch of us doing it. And, you know, not even to be a shameless plug, but for my guys out there, while you're doing the God Body Challenge, a lingam steam would be good during that time because you're fasting your body, and the steam is going to work even better during that time. It's good for the brain flow. It's 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 going to be simultaneously doing some of the same functions as, as the fasting. As you're fasting, you're cleaning out your body, you're cleaning out your mind and all that. The steam... And the ingredients that the, the, the junco and, and the dandelions are going to be doing the same thing, cleaning out brain function, um, blow, uh, blow function, um, blood function, and all that. So, um, tap in with me uh, if you're interested. But like I said, it'll be debuting in October, September 27th. God Body Challenge, my good brother. Thank you for another monumental build. Um, part three, man. We did three of these joints, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Other than that, like I said, peace, love, and light to the family. Uh, tap in. You got any questions about the God Body Challenge? Uh, brother, um, you know, my brother got his products coming. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it. We all tapped in. Um, yes. Uh, God Body Challenge. Lingam, it looks to come in very soon. Uh, peace, love, and light. Thank you for everybody for tapping in tonight. Hip Hop Stars. This has been Richie Moon. That's been a Kebulon. Remember, the the value that you reflect on yourself mirrors on to others. Peace, love, and light. I will catch you down the road. The IG Live will be up right after this, and the podcast will be out 444 tomorrow. Peace, love, and light. Peace. juxtapose
voice as well. I'm going to give you a call on Sunday because, well, I'll speak to you on Sunday and let you know. Keep you in a little bit of suspense. But yeah, I'll speak to you soon. Oh my goodness, I keep leaving y'all hanging. I'm so sorry, podcast people. Um, we out. We out. Peace, love, and light. Peace.